one thing that I've shared with my wife. And as a church, we need to understand that the idea of this church being a web that catches the lost just doesn't exist. That people just will magically appear here who need Jesus. And think about when we would talk, we would talk about the witness in the marketplace. The lives we lead and the people we come in contact with, are we sharing Christ with them? Are we going into the harvest or are we praying that the harvest will somehow spring up right in front of us? If we truly believe what we say we believe, then we need to walk out this faith in a deliberate way. I was listening to that song this morning in the hallway out here. And I think about families reunited. <laughs> I was thinking, Dina, isn't it crazy how God reunites families in his timing? in a way that blows minds. I was thinking about the way that when people are open and obedient to the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does. Bart, as long as I live, I will never forget how powerfully the Holy Spirit moved on you when you stood right here. And you share God's heart in a way that I will never forget. I look throughout this congregation and I think of all the things that if we were to write that song right now, we could throw in there so clearly. The God we serve is a mighty God. But it's time to see the kingdom grow. It's time to see, as we said, these altars need to be a place for the lost to come. They don't need to be a place simply for the saved to gather. And I pray that this year we will be faithful to the things that God puts in front of us to go where he tells us to go. And now that transition. Over the next three weeks, we wanted to really talk to people and we wanted to pull some things in, one of those things being personal growth this week. And my wife always has a way that she'll say, oh, he's going to go rogue, he's going to go rogue. I'm not going to go rogue. I'm going to stay according to the plan. But I was thinking when it comes to personal growth, the other day I was driving on Route 20 and I was reminded of something. There was a little golf course, it was called Johnny Cake Ridge. And currently I think it's being made into condominiums. It was around the year 2000, I was with some of the guys from church and we decided to go and golf there. And there was a hole. Bring this slide up if you can with this, this one hole. Yes, that. Par three, easy birdie. Take out your wedge, get on the green, putt. I, you know how I feel about sports, just personally for myself, but 
I would go to the driving range and I would take my wedge and I would take the putter and I just, I'd make a day of this. This is before I had kids. I, I was getting good. So this, it was a birdie. Dan, this was a birdie. So get in my stance, go through all the things, hit the ball. The ball goes almost behind me into the water. Like I don't even know how it did it. Right? You were with me, weren't you, Norm? And then I teed up another one, and I go to hit it. And the ball goes almost behind me into the water. Three times. I don't even, it was like this Harlem Globetrotter trick shot into the water. And I don't know, like, I'm not saying I'm Jack Nicholas. I'm more like Happy Gilmore. But it was no small feat to do this. By the end of it, me and Norm were both wiping tears from our eyes because it was so ridiculous how bad I was. It's wild because since then, I probably golfed about three times. Not seeing it broke my spirit. Dan, stop back there. But what I'm saying is this. <laughs> it reminds me of a quote that my wife had shared with me this week. It was probably in regard to 2020, but it said, this year did not change us. It revealed who we are. It didn't change us, it revealed who we are. And I'll be honest in saying that there are times when I think about golfing, and you know what I'd rather be doing? I'd rather smell gunpowder at the range. I would rather be out in the woods flipping over a log to see if there's a snake under it. I'd rather be out hearing leaves crunch. I'd rather be at the Girdled Road Reservation at night playing a game called, is it a black bear or is it a doe? in the woods while I'm walking. That's who I am. But what's wild is that my life didn't end at the water hazard. It didn't stop there. Some things don't change us. They simply reveal who we are. And so as we talk about personal growth today, I can't help but think about this, this person from the Bible. And as soon as we talked about it as a staff, I wrote this down. The story of Peter. If there was a resume, Peter would be considered a professional disciple. He was in the inner circle of Jesus' followers. Whenever the disciples were mentioned, Peter was always there in the forefront. If it was romper room, remember romper room? Give me that romper room site. Peter would have been called out like every time. He walked beside Jesus. He was one of the first to use that word Messiah. He was a part of this inner circle. He probably at times thought he knew everything there was to know about doing what he did, about this relationship. He probably thought that. That was evidenced by how bold he was at times. There's a football coach of the sports. His name was John Wooden. And he said this, what counts is what you learn after you know it all. Excuse that comma. I didn't put it there. That's not me. That was from the original quote. I just wanted to stay true to it, grammatically incorrect as it was. What counts is what you learn after you know it all. Peter came to this point. He came to a point where everything changed. This is outlined in Luke 22, 54 to 62. This is after Jesus was betrayed. It says that Peter follows at a distance. Now, when they enkindled the fire in the midst of the courtyard, they sat down together. Peter sat with these people. And a certain servant girl who saw him as he sat by the fire looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. 
And after a little while, another saw him and said, you are also one of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. Then after an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow was with him because he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Imagine, if you will, being in that inner circle and being in that moment of free fall. Here's what's wild. As I was typing notes and I was trying to type in free fall, do you know what it kept correcting to? Free will. How wild is that? How many times has my free will led to my free fall? If you have ever been on a plane when they're doing the beginning safety things, they always say, and you know, if we hit turbulence, if there's any pressure change, a mask may drop in front of you. And don't panic because I said the word mask, but I'm just, I need to say this because it's part of this. This mask drops in front of you and there's a rule on a plane. If you're a parent, what is the rule on the plane? Do you know it? Put yours on first or you can't help anyone else. When it comes to your walk, it's got to be the same thing. You have to make sure that your heart is okay with Jesus Christ before you go helping anyone else with their heart with Jesus Christ. In order for Peter to go to the next level of where he would go, I believe he needed to see grace differently. In order for him to be the man of God that God had called him to be, it sounds weird, but I feel like he needed what happened in that moment. He goes away and weeps bitterly, it said. He needed to experience a level of grace that he had never before experienced. I say that because when it comes to personal growth with us as a church family, there are some of us who have seen the miraculous. There are times that you felt like Jesus Christ has been right beside you, you feel like you're the greatest fan of the Savior, and then somewhere along the way in life, you have fallen short. You maybe have gone into a free fall. And what I'm going to say is this. Before you can move forward in Jesus Christ, you have to understand that the fall did not define you. Whenever we talk about Peter, we usually talk about Peter stepping out of the boat. Fan favorite. This isn't a step out of the boat and sink below the waves moment. This, can you imagine someone who had said, I will die? He had thrown his hat in saying, what they do to you, oh, I'm in. The worst part is that he was within seeing Jesus, like he saw Jesus' face. Imagine denying him and Jesus looking right at you, how that would feel. The challenge is this. Stop confusing being a fan for being a follower. Stop confusing this idea that because we're in a, a church setting, because we attend regularly, because we do our Bible in a year at, because we this, because we that, that somehow we're not just a fan. When it comes to a follower, it's different. 
And what I can't help but think about when this whole thing came up is that some of the greatest things that Peter would accomplish personally for the kingdom happened after Jesus went back up into heaven. There's nothing more that I want than Jesus to be right beside me and feel safe. Just for me to be able to let Jesus handle everything. Like when Pastor Nip was here and things would go down, it felt good because there was an adult here. Right? And he could handle it. And now when things go down and I walk down the hall to go to Pastor Nip's office, it's my office. And I'm like, where are the adults? For Peter, it was not a sink below the waves moment. You will not experience the power of acts unless you're willing to embrace the grace of a resurrected Savior. And that grace may be poured out in times where it may not be a feel-good moment. You can't pour out that which you don't possess. When we talk about the grace that exists with this gospel, I cannot share it with someone if I have not experienced it myself. Brendan, you know how to fix cars. I don't know how to fix cars. The other night I went to start my car, there was a noise and stuff spilled out from the bottom. When the mechanic asked me, well, what's the problem? I told him exactly that. He's like, well, do you think it's a gasket? Do you think it's a hose? I'm like, I don't know. Stuff's pouring out the bottom of the Jeep. I'm scared. It stinks. I cannot share what I don't have. Falling and staying down are two entirely different things. There is a man by the name of Teddy Roosevelt. I believe he was famous for being in the Night of the Museum movies. He said this, There's never been a person in history that led a life of ease whose name is worth remembering. If you have gone through a walk that feels like you have been beaten up at times, you are in good company. If you're going through a walk that you wonder, why did that happen? I cannot with all certainty tell you why every bad thing happens on this side of heaven. But what I can tell you is that quote that I loved from Rick Warren, that God never wastes a hurt. That God is always present. His grace is always present in a way that we may not have seen otherwise. The most beautiful part of things is for Peter... Things happened on the other side of this breaking that may not have happened otherwise. When it comes to your personal growth, when it comes to those things that may be a speed bump or may feel like a train wreck, there is another side of this. And for every time that it's a speed bump or a train wreck, there are two options, faith or feelings. Saw this quote and I loved it. No feeling is final. The word of God always has the final say. My Jesus always has the final say. That night for Peter was the beginning of the things that would follow. That same man who denied Jesus being close enough to look in his eyes, he went on to write words such as these. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says this. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. 